All right. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the most exciting episode of the Ironside podcast with me, your host, Brett Kane and Tom Dinkelman. And joining us is a man who needs no introduction, Pat McNamara. Pat, thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Pleasure to be here. Oh, it's our pleasure to have you. So let's dive right in. You've done a ton of podcasts. Mm -hmm. I, I listen to every single one of them. And nice. you, you share a lot of the same stories, mm -hmm. but that is, you know, like you say, make it habitual. And I think there's value in that repetition. Yeah. So can you give us just a, a quick rundown of, of, you know, what brought you to where you're at now? Ooh, man, that's a, that's a, that's a pretty broad, uh, broad brush to paint with right there. Well, um, you mean where I am in like my business world or go further back than that yeah I could, I could do i could do a brief like one over the world so i'm a retired military guy 22 years special ops uh retired in 05 um where i got into um i got hired by a corporation while i was still on active duty and i it, you know it was like picking low-hanging fruit so i did that for a couple of years um and then i generated my own business tmax inc in 2010 and been running under my own banner since then and then um, started several new projects, you know, because one, when you're in business for yourself, one of the things you learn is, is and, and I learned it the hard way several times, is you can't put all your eggs in one basket. You know, you got to be diversified. So, um, so I've got several projects going on now. Um, and uh, it, but I'm also at a point in my life where I'm as busy as I want to be versus, you know, stressing about my overblown calendar because that's how it's been for the past 10 years just i mean just calendar smashed with no white space in it whatsoever no time for me you know just one trip after the other one project after the other so i'm in a good place right now but it's all you know sweat equity you know um through uh um uh it's through 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 discipline comes freedom <laughs> So I've got some freedom right now. Well, that's awesome. I, and one of the things that really impresses me about you is how principled you are. Yeah. And, and you stay true to that because you could be making tons of money with reality TV shows, right. or if you wrote a book about your career, but you're yep. not going to do that because nope. you don't sell out. Right. Yep. Yeah. Good point. I appreciate you picking that up because I'm not sure a lot of people know that or or figure that out and i think it's real important you know I, I ran into a guy yesterday um i've gotten to a point now where i can't go anywhere without somebody recognizing me which i i'm i'm all about it i like that I, because i've created it but i've created something that's genuine and um and people appreciate that you know for all walks of life all the demographic is wide 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 it's not a very it's not a narrow demographic but um i ran into a guy the day before yesterday at uh, my local hardware store and, and he was behind me in line. And when people talk to me, I have to assume first, maybe I know them. Maybe I've, you know, met them in the past. Um, so that's how I always answer somebody when they say, Hey, how's it going? I say, good, man. How you been? You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and um, this guy, I didn't, I didn't know him, but he said, you know, I've, I've seen you around this area for years and years now. Um, we've never met. But it's it's neat to see how you've grown, you know, how how your brand has expanded and you've become like larger than life. 
And I said, yeah, I appreciate that. And he goes, uh, you know, you, you've got a real good positive message and just, uh, just keep doing what you're doing. I said, I don't know any other way. I, 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 I'm not going to be able to fake it. So, um, but it's, it's always nice hearing that kind of stuff. You know, that's one of the best compliments I can get versus some dude saying, dude, I love basic dude stuff or something, like that, you know, but, um, yeah, it was a really nice compliment, but it, it keeps me grounded too, you know? Um, cause I, I, I think that's important to stay grounded and stay focused and, and keep, uh, representing yourself because you've built, you know, this brand and it's, it's, it's all about, uh, you and you've got to make sure that you're representing well. <laughs> and it's interesting you bring up the brand because I think I, I watch you and I listen and you seem to be like one of the most intense guys I've ever, I've ever listened to. <laughs> and so I'm assuming that's not just part of the brand. That's who you are all the time. Correct. So yeah. Where did that come from, man? Um, you know, I, I think I've, I've morphed into it. I, I, I'm pretty sure that from, I've had this discussion with somebody uh, not too long ago. And I, I, I think that, but, at birth, we are hardwired, you know, a certain way. Um, and some of us figure out the wiring and our, you know, the algorithm in our head and some of us don't. Um, and the, the intensity came from, cause I was a very gentle kid as a, as a kid, very, very gentle, very nerdy. Um, but you know, I started sports in high school and that made me, aggressive in a good way, you know, that, that, uh, gave me competitive spirit, which I didn't have prior to prior to any sports. Uh, so that kind of unlocked a, a, an opening, you know, a passageway for me to follow. And then because I found that competitive spirit and the will to win, um, that led me to the military. And then, when you're in the military and your special operations, most everybody ha has some kind of level of intensity, a high level of intensity. So um, you feed off one another and, uh, and you, you, you continue to morph or to develop into the being that you were probably born or hardwired as when you were, when you were born. So, uh, I mean, I appreciate it that, that, that I have this intensity because it's, 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 it's keeping me going. It's kept me going through good times and bad times because we all have both of those, you know, we have goods and bads. So, and the, and the intent, the intensity is um, it's, it's positive and it's contagious. So um, it, it's, it's nice that I can influence others with positive intensity. Do we just develop a new kind of phrase? Positive intensity. Positive intensity. I love it. Yeah, we'll have to yeah. make another. I have to write that down. Positive <laughs> intensity. Yep. And I, I think integrity too. You know that intensity, integrity is is something you've demonstrated. So he, here's a question. You, you said like you were a very gentle kid growing up, and you you were bird watching since you were ten. Mm -hmm. You were riding unicycles. What, yeah. what other of those kind of hobbies did you have growing up? Um, I was big into artwork when I was, I mean, maybe 12 years old, my parents enrolled me in a, uh, in an art class that I would go to on Saturday mornings. And I think the place was called the red barn. It was in Connecticut. And I was a 
double uh, minority. I was the only male and I was the only one under the age of 40. <laughs> and uh, so it was a, it was an art class, oil painting. And um, so that's another one. But I was always into, um, you know, with the gentle side, <laughs> the gardening and the flowers and, and all of the, all the uh, you know, the nature stuff. So, um, yeah, I had, I mean, I, I just wanted to be immersed in all that as much as possible. Well, it's interesting, even on your basic dude stuff, how you even point out appreciating nature, basic right. stuff, right? Yeah. So. It's, it's funny. I had my wife watch how to pack a, an emergency, the emergency bag in your car. And she said, well, I'm doing it wrong. Because <laughs> <So, laughs> it, it is, you're, it's all contagious. And it, it's amazing how you're able to bring that over. I, I'm curious, does it get exhausting maintaining it? Uh, maintaining the intensity or the intensity, maintaining, maintaining the brand? The brand, maintaining all of it. No, right now it's, um, it's almost like something perpetuating you know it, it 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 almost runs itself now uh i'm i'm almost on cruise control like for instance the basic dude stuff i don't sit around worrying oh my god i gotta play the basic dude stuff by wednesday it just happens you know i just run i go you know what this would be a good one for people and it, sometimes it's lame other times it's it's cool um but uh no it's it's um it's really not uh exhausting uh, I, I, um, I do pick and choose, you know, cause I like, for instance, I get hit up a lot about podcasts, uh, to be guests on podcasts. Um, and I want to do them all. I can't say yes to everybody. You know, for instance, a lot of people want volunteer work. Can you guess speak at this boy scout convention or at this military graduation? And, um, I can't say yes to everything. There's no, there's no way. Um, so, I am almost overwhelmed with requests from people asking me to volunteer time. And I only have so much of that. So I think people understand that too, though, you know, that we all have, we all only have so much time. And now that I have more time, I, I kind of appreciate it. <laughs> I like having time for, for me. And so I could uh, focus more on my family, my home, uh, maybe get back into my, some of my hobbies because, I, I haven't had that time in, 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 for a decade, I really had no time for myself. Yeah. For, that's families are probably the most important thing. I think if you were to ask my girls right now, uh, what the problem with society is, they'll, t they'll say it's weak fathers. Yeah. Right say, on. If you were going to, how, how do you, how do you, how do you destroy the society and a culture? It's attack mm -hmm. the father. And if you can attack the father, you attack the family. That's and right. That's keen intellect there. How old are the girls? Uh, 15, 13 and 12, but they've heard wow. me say it enough. Right. So, yep. but we're trying to pass that on. And, and, and that makes me nervous them growing up and getting older and eventually looking for, for husbands mm -hmm. and knowing that it seems like men are getting weaker and weaker. And if we don't do something about it, it's, it's a scary what's going to happen. Yeah. I get a lot of messages on uh, line about that right there. Hey, the basic dude stuff is great. I'm a single mom raising kids. They love the series. So I have to be careful with that series, that, that BDS, because there, I have a very large uh, audience who are under 15, you know, so between eight and 12. 
So I, I need to make sure that I'm very careful with that. Um, the messaging there that I'm not putting out anything, you know, grotesque or, uh, you know, any kind of sexual content or, uh, but I get a lot of messaging about that, about, Hey, you know, men aren't what they used to be. And you need to write a book about basic dude stuff. And, uh, you need to do this. You need to do that. Not, I don't, I, I don't need to, do, I don't need to do any of that. <clears throat> what I'm doing right now is, 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 is fine because it's catching on, you know, and people appreciate it. So, um, yeah, I, I do worry about it though, you know, um, especially with the, <clears throat> and we've done it, we've created this generation coming up, like the generation Zers, like your kids are generation Zers. Yeah. You know, we're creating them to, um, one of the things is we're, we're allowing them to never be bored, you know, because we want to live vicariously through them and we want their lives better than what we had. So they're never bored. And the danger of being, of never being bored is lacking creativity and mm -hmm. imagination. So, I mean, and I'm guilty of it. Now, my kids haven't lived with me for a long time. They lived with their mom, but they're living with me now. But how old are your kids? They're 18 and 20. Okay. Um, but I mean, they grew up with devices. They always knew how to swipe right. You know, they always, they always knew that. Uh, or they always knew how to turn on a tablet. Uh, so, you know, I think it's dangerous that kids aren't bored anymore, you know, that they, they can't entertain themselves. They can't go outside and figure out something to do with a stick, a pile of dirt, a couple of rocks and a tin can. Uh, but, uh, yeah, but it's our fault, <laughs> you know, we're doing it. Uh, so how I, do we fix that? That's a tough one. I think just like Tom said, being, just being, being a father. Uh, and, and sharing, sharing some, sharing time and sharing knowledge, sharing the wisdom and making it fun, you know, as fun as possible. Uh, and, and seeing if you could provoke that emotion to where it's interesting because that's tough. You know, I mean, uh, when, uh, my kids first started living with me, uh, it was just, uh, summer of 20. 20. Um, I wanted to introduce them to as much of the world as possible. My objective wasn't, Hey, you need to get good grades. My objective was you need to learn how to navigate life. You know, navigating life is very important. So, um, <clears throat> I give them a lot of freedom. So their leash is long, you know, it's very, very long, but, but, uh, I am always there to, you know, pull that slack up if necessary, but I want to give them as much freedom as possible because, because they need to fall on their face sometime. You yeah. Know, I'm a believer that our kids have to fail. We're just there to help yep. cushion that blow for a little bit. Bingo. Yep. You know, um, and it, and, but that's another thing kids suck at nowadays is failing. You know, they're, they're, they're way more sensitive. I mean, I think so about all adults. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. So we're adults. Yeah. They're uber sensitive. Yeah. Yep. And that's a generational thing now too. You know, guys, my age aren't as they're not, at, they don't get butt hurt as easy. Um, but yeah. Um, anyway, I think the way we fix it is just being a responsible, a responsible parent. Easier said than done. Yeah. You know, that, that reminds me of a story and you've touched on this before, but 
you know, when you were going through some difficult domestic situations and, mm-hmm. and your son was like six or seven, yeah. and you just had this epiphany. Can you share that story, please? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I won't get too much into it because I don't like to, um, I don't like to, um, relive my darkest hours too much here's the thing i've I've failed a lot in life i've got injured a bunch i could make fun of every single one of those but i can't make fun of that part of my life you know there's nothing funny about it but it went on for a long time where um i was in a a horrible relationship for a long time it kind of devolved over time and it was it was a cocktail of uh uh, prescription meds and booze, not on my part, on my spouse's part, uh, be, to the point where there was no more connection between the neuroreceptors, but I stayed in the fight for the sake of the kids. Uh, because without me, there's man, there was no way they were going to, they weren't going to develop They They were not, you know, they were going to get dumber. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, um, I was living in the bonus room above my garage for almost five years. That's where I, I mean, I just lived up there. I would come down to cook, clean, take care of the kids, go to work. And I'd go back in, up into my bonus room and keep as much distance from uh, uh, between me and their mom as possible. Cause it was just volatile. Uh, and that was going to have an adverse effect on the kids. And I did not want them to see, uh, any fighting. And I refused by the way, to, to fight. One of the ways I did that. And it was a, it was all about liability. There came a point where I realized, man, I've got to, I've got to protect myself because there was threats being made. So I would carry a digital tape recorder with me and it was full disclosure. Anytime we had a discussion, I would pull that out and turn it on. Um, but what that did is kept me in check too. That told me, hey, keep your freaking mouth shut. <laughs> you know, don't say anything that you're going to regret later. Um, but uh, I was up in my bonus room and it was it was bad. I went through a long bout of depression. I was drinking from almost the time I got up. I was I was becoming a real functional alcoholic. Not that there's anything good about that. You know, I'm not trying to make it sound like. That's a, uh, that I should deserve a reward for that because it's real bad. A lot of people are functioning alcoholics, you know, but I would drink all through the day just to, just to squelch, just to squelch the pain. Uh, and then it would get, I would get heavier at night until I would just kind of pass out. But my kids would come up into my bonus room and watch TV with me, just a little teeny TV I had up there because it was their freedom spot. You know, it was their little sanctuary away from any uh, domestic messiness too. Uh, and my kid was up there, his sweetest little boy. Uh, and he was sitting on a couch next to me and we were watching something ridiculous. I don't know what it was, <clears throat> but a couple things happened all at one time. One was um, uh, the room was dark and there's a lamp by the only window up there. And outside it was dark and a, a screech owl lands on the windowsill. And I'm looking at, I'm going, Oh my God. And my kids looking the other way. I could see his head. And I say, James, he goes, yeah. I said, real slowly, turn your head and look at the window. And he turns and looks and sees it. And it's just looking at us, you know? So it was a real, it was a very surreal moment that we both were able to share together. But, uh, and then it flew away and, and I, I was looking at his face in amazement, you know, big gigantic brown eyes. 
And I told him, I said, um, you know, uh, James, I, I don't, I don't just love you. I am in love with you. And, uh, cause it was very, it's very, very true. Um, and he, and he, his, his eyes just welled up. He understood that, you know, he, he, he really was able to absorb that and, and, uh, understand what I meant by that. Um, but I put him to bed that night and I went back upstairs and I realized, man, I gotta, I gotta change things. Um, I've got to be around for them, you know, cause I was just, uh, just digging myself deeper and deeper and deeper into a hole. Um, so I did some, <clears throat> some self-talk <laughs> and that night I put out, I said, all right, tomorrow morning, I'm going to change just a couple of things. So I put out my uh, running shoes because if you pre-position it and if you plan it the night before, now it's part of your plan and you're, you're obligated. You have this mission that you have to accomplish first thing in the morning. So it was, a, it was a Friday night. I put out my running shoes, my iPad, iPod, um, put out some sweats or whatever it was and said, I'm going to go for a run early. And I got up early and I put, put that stuff on and I started pounding pavement and I ran for about an hour and a half, <laughs> which I'm not a, you know, a jogger. I like to sprint and, and stuff like that, but I ran for about an hour and a half and running is very therapeutic, even going for a long walk is very ther therapeutic, but you get to do, do some soul searching and deep, deep thinking. And when I got back to my house too, I was, now I'm starving, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to go inside. I don't want to mess with any of that. So I worked out in my driveway for about another hour and a half. And, and that was a big game changer for me because I was really, I was able to be very introspective and do a lot of soul searching. And, um, and I remembered at that point, who I, who I, who I am, who is, who I am, who is inside me. And I said, well, I, I, I need to get back to that, you know, that real aggressive, positive person instead of being a woe is me. Cause I was faking, I was faking it to everybody on the outside. I was faking. And I think a lot of people when they're in a state of depression like that, they're doing the same thing to everybody else. You'd never know, you know, they, they'd never know. Unless it was somebody very, very close to you, you know, like your best friend or something like that, you would, you would catch on. But I was faking it to everybody, you know, giving them the, uh, the Pat Mac, get you some blaze ops, blah, blah, blah. But I was in a horrible state of mind, but that was a game changer. You know, having a good day, having a good day and being very uh, introspective and reflecting on all the things that I've been missing out on. And, and this path that I was going down wasn't good. So, um, from that day, from that day forward, uh, I was able to kind of reinvent myself. That was in, um, 2012 and, uh, in 2013, the, the police in my town, they kind of saved, they, they saved my life. They came to the house one day and they said, Hey, uh, uh, you're, we, we, your your wife is in the village and she's all messed up on drugs and this and that and i was like oh yeah all right well i'll go get her and this cop was telling me he goes you know he takes a deep breath and he goes kids are resilient you need to take radical steps you do not belong here you need to get out of this environment because it's going to kill you and i broke down i mean i was like oh my god because i had no idea that somebody knew what i was going through 
But those cops have been to my house several times because she had called them on, you know, little uh, delusional nickel and dime crap. Um, so yeah, when I, I moved out in, in March of 2013, and that's when I really started, uh, to reinvent myself and, uh, become the person that I was. So I, I came up with these several little slogans that I tell people who go through the same rough patch. Number one, when when i thought i was buried i told myself you are not buried you are planted number two um i said after the run i i recognized that i still had an ember all i need to do is turn that into a flame and once it's a flame all i need to do is keep keep stoking the fire so uh, for a lot of people if they have an ember most people need somebody else to kick him in the ass you know to to be a cheerleader and i'm all about that i do that for a lot of people i said but here's the deal now if i get that flame going it's up to you to stoke it you have to keep the blaze alive it's not my job anymore i'm going to be your cheerleader initially and my my therapy to a lot of guys is is tough love i'm not going to pat them on the back and say oh it'll be okay yeah, woe is me. You, yeah, you had a tough life. I, I'm, I'm not about that. Um, I listen to their story, and you know, it's all perspective too, because some people have, have it, have got it re- real bad. They've had a really, really bad experience, or a, an amalgamation of experiences that brought them into a dark place. And a lot of those were way worse than mine, way worse. I mean, and they're looking for me to me for help, and I'm going, dude, man. I mean. I mean, your life sucks, man. What you're going through right now really freaking sucks. So kudos for to you for at least getting up in the morning and breathing. But uh, yeah, so it's that man. When I first disclosed that on uh, a national podcast, I got just overwhelmed by messages from people, and I still do now. And I'm all about I'm all about lending them an ear. And responding, even if it's just a kudos, you know, just a short response, because sometimes that's all it takes. Listen to somebody and respond, you know, don't be, um, because when it comes to communication, there's, you know, transmit and receive. And sometimes all you have to be is a receiver, just have to receive the message, transmit short, clear and concise, know that you are listening and that you give a crap about what's happening in, in their lives. Man, that's so true. And it's cool because you do respond to people. I mean, I, years ago, I I made a comment and you liked it. And that would like made my, (laughs) I told my wife, I'm like, Oh, Pat Mac liked my comment. (laughs) So one of the things that you always talk about is not resting on your laurels and you have an incredible career, you know, now, uh, professionally, but also, uh, in the military Mm -hmm. and you talk about not resting on your laurels. But I also think that you don't rest or, or you don't on, on your failures either, because, you know, that coming out of that domestic situation, it would have been really easy to just, you know, forsake women. And it's like, I'm not messing with yeah. that. But now you have an incredible marriage. Uh, mm-hmm. How did you and Rebecca meet? Oh, man, that's a good story. We met, we met in 2011. She had a boyfriend. I was married and I was in a really that was that was like the pinnacle of the bad time 
you know, 11, because 12 is when I had the epiphany moment. I had to go pick up my spouse at a hair salon. She called me to give her a ride. It was 11 in the morning. She was freaking drunk and smashed. Um, and uh, when I walked in, <clears throat> the receptionist, Rebecca, said, oh, you're, you're Pat Mack. I said, yeah. She goes, my boyfriend just took a course from you. And I said, who was it? And she told me his name. I said, oh, yeah, right on. He goes, and she went on and on. He goes, he can't stop talking about it. It's all I hear and on and on. So we just chatted. It was just idle chit chat, just friendly banter for probably five minutes until I waited for my ex to gather her stuff. And um, and that that was it for about a year and a half. Now I'm separated and I'm out talking to um, a couple guys at my local pub and a voice comes it was over my right shoulder from behind me she peeks around and she goes hey do you remember me and i look and i was like hell yeah i remember you i didn't say that but i said oh yeah yeah rebecca from uh, bamboo uh and she goes yeah i said uh and we started talking i said how is uh your boyfriend she goes oh we're not together anymore you know it was kind of a bad deal and i moved back from california because we moved out there and and she asked me how my wife was i said ah we're we're separated we're done i'm going through this divorce trying to get custody of my kids and, and she goes oh cool and we just chatted real briefly um but i was i was floored you know <clears throat> that she remembered me and and we had a real nice chit chat and i i um i think even right then i had a small crush on her you know, but I was trying to hide. I was like, dude, I do not want to get into another relationship. No way. Mm -mm. Um, I was all set to be a monk or something like that. Uh, and I, but I said, you know what? Maybe she'll show up again tomorrow night. So I went again and she's an early person like I am, you know, we're not late people. And she came again and I was chatting with her and um, just, just friendly banter and i saw that she was wearing boots and she had a uh, uh a, a boot knife she was carrying and i said oh let me see your hardware and she showed me and it was just a pos uh lock blade and i said oh right on um and that night i i said where are you living or she said i'm going home i said where do you live she goes that you know she told me i go it's freaking dark down there let me walk you home so i walked her home and uh and i so the next day i went man i hope she comes back again <laughs> so i went to a uh, sporting goods store and bought a good knife and uh she came the next she came the next night i said hey rebecca i have a i have a present for you i said hold out your hand i just put it in her hand so i just trickled in i wooed her with a with a knife you know that's uh, awesome yeah and then <laughs> the next thing i gave her cuz i walked her home was a good handheld flashlight because the, the streets where she was walking it wasn't far but it was on what we call the wrong side of the tracks and it was very dark um so that's how we kind of trickled into it just like that and you know and the, the rest is history and man i tell you it's it's such a i never knew that it was possible i never really knew what that kind of love in a relationship was until I met her. I mean, I was 48 years old at the time and it took me that long in life to find my person 
you know, my, my life teammate, <laughs> but, uh, man, we're as thick as thieves. Uh, I mean, we've been together more than eight years. We haven't had a crossword because the other thing is at the beginning of our relationship, when we started courting, um, I set up a couple ground rules, you know, I said, Hey, um, if there's anything about me ever that bothers you, you can't harbor it. You need to, you need to tell me, you know, it needs to be full disclosure. Don't keep it to yourself. And she goes, all right. And she goes, but if I'm going to promise you that you have to do the same to me because we think when you're, when you survive a bad relationship, you really, really appreciate a good one. Uh, and I've been appreciating it ever since. And I will never take advantage of it or take it for granted because man, I'm, I am, I have been, I've been, you know, like in this state of eternal bliss ever since I met her. Yeah, I was going to ask if you if you felt like your bad relationship, would you were able to make this one if if you were able to make this one better because of it? But it sounds Abs- like absolutely, absolutely, because you, we all you know, just like we were talking about earlier about failure. You know how kids have to fail. You know, um, I mean that was an absolute failure of a relationship. So I, but I remember, you know, when you're when you're introspective and you reflect on you know, what was it about me? Because a lot of us, if we're in bad relationships, it's always the other person's fault, but there's plenty of blame to go around too. Um, but I wanted to make sure that I never, that any mistakes were never recurring that, um, that I learned from that relationship, what to do and what not to do. And that I would not repeat if any mistakes that I had made, but absolutely. It definitely does. One of the things that, oh, go ahead, Tom. No, go ahead, brother. I'm curious. Now, even before all those hard times, you were going through some stuff where you got laid off, right? That was before that. (laughs) Yeah. But I remember, I think it was when you were talking to Jocko, you said you started calling around Mm -hmm. and people, you said your friends gave you permission. Yeah. Why were you waiting for permission from somebody else? I didn't know that I needed it. I had no idea that I needed it. I was in a, 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 a almost uh, at in a state of desperation because <clears throat> when you're in the military, you don't think job security. You don't think, oh man, you know, I might get fired from the military. It's not something that happens, you know. Um, I mean, if, if you're in a, a really good unit and you goof up, they're going to move you somewhere else. You're not going to be, you're not going to have the privilege of working in the best place if you're a goof off. So you still don't think about job security though. And then when I retired, I was working in a corporation with retired military guys. <clears throat> so I still didn't think about it. It wasn't, it wasn't a, 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 even a back burner thought. You know, you just didn't think about job security. So when I got laid off, I was dumbfounded. And then how you go through, you, by the way, <clears throat> how old was I then? That was 2005. So 40. Okay. Yeah. 40. Um, and uh, when, so when I got laid off, um, you, you go through a, 
you know, a series of emotion, emotions, like initially you're in shock and you're scared shitless. I mean, you're going, holy crap, man, laid off. I have a family, I have bills to pay. I'm not going to live on my military pension. <laughs> you know, I need to, I need to make money. <clears throat> um, and then the next emotion was anger. You know, you get really angry really fast, but <clears throat> when you're angry, you're not making rational decisions. But once I cooled down, I got focused. I mean, real focused. Um, so <clears throat> during between the angry part and the focus part is when I was pretty desperate. It's like, what am I going to do? And that's when I started calling around to people who I was very close with in the military who were running their own businesses. And I know that they would hire guys like me. So I called three of them. <clears throat> three guys that I knew that had their own companies, they were doing well and explained my situation. And all three of them said the same thing. Absolutely. I'll give you work, but dude, do it on your own. You've, you've already, you're somebody in this industry. And I had no idea that I was, um, uh, but I was already making a name for myself. You know, while I was in that corporation, I was already branding. Um, but I, anytime I see those guys now, I always thank them because all three of them gave me, I didn't know I needed permission. I had no idea, but them saying that really gave me focus. So then the next stage of the emotions was that super, um, acute focus where, you know, I have this much time on this corporation's, uh, uh, paycheck before they, before I have to walk out the door to build my own corporation. And that's what I did for two weeks. I just built it and built it and built it. And I instantly, as soon as I left, I instantly had work instantly. And I went, Oh my God, man, I can do this. I'm already making more than I was making in that corporation. But then, you know, came uh, uh, just one failure after the other, high, uh, high ebbs, low lows, low flows, uh, ebbs and flows um, that were uh, uh, completely foreign to me because I'd never been on my own like that. But uh, yeah, I learned, a lot, I learned a lot real fast. It was like drinking from a fire hose. And uh, I made all the, the mistakes in business because I did it. I was doing it on my own. You know, I had no help. I had no backup. I had no executive assistant or support team. Even now when people email me, they'll email, Hey, dear, uh, T max associative. I was wondering if, uh, you know, Pat Mac can do this or that, or cause they think I have a team. <laughs> they think I have like a, a support mechanism or assistance. <laughs> Man, that's wild. Yeah. And you're doing such a good job. Yeah. And one of the things that really impresses me about you is the, and you said this, I think uh, on uh, Ryan Mickler's podcast, but you know, people like to think, or they pretend that things are worse now than, than ever before. Mm -hmm. But you say that they're not, that things are actually better, that we do live in, in a good world. Can you speak right. to that? Well, I mean, it's polarizing, you know, the press wants us to believe that the media does that the media is, is toxic and they want us to think that everything's horrible. I mean, it's a moneymaker, you know, fear sells, uh, fear, panic, uh, all this crap that they put out sells, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not man. And, and you can't, 
you can't get sucked into that narrative. And it's easy to get sucked in. You know, if you want to believe that narrative, you're going to believe it. And, and you're going to start drinking the Kool-Aid and start uh, transmitting the same toxic message as everybody else. But hell no, man, it's, it's, it's not. No, I have, I have good faith in humanity and in people still I'm an optimist versus a pessimist. I think that most people are good. You know, we're, 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 uh, forced to look at this painted picture of, you know, most people are bad and they're, they're, uh, they're homophobic and they're racist and they're, uh, uh, all, you know, all, just all of these things. And, and, um, and it, it's not, it's not, it's just not true. It's not, I don't, well, I, I think it would have been easy for you to become jaded through mm. 22 years of the military and mm-hmm. see all those other dark sides. How yeah. did you avoid that? What do you mean by that? How, how, did, how, did, I you avoid, avoid, how did you avoid becoming jaded and having a cynical view of the world? Man, I'm not sure. That's a good question. Huh. Um, I think, um, a good portion of it, no doubt was the hard times I went through and that long bout of depression. Cause once I came out of that, I didn't want to go back to being sad, lonely, feeling sorry for myself, uh, angry. Cause man, I was angry all the freaking time, angry, 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 angry. And I don't want to go back there. I don't, I'm, I'm done with that. I'm done with that chapter in my life. It's a chapter of my life that I'd like to data dump, but I'm glad it's there. I'm glad it's there. And, 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 and man, I, it, it, I cringe when I say this, cause I say it all the time, but I cringe knowing what I know now and having what I have now, I would go back and do all that shit again. I would go back to that whole relationship again. Ooh, man, that's cringe. It's really, really cringeworthy me saying that, but I would, I would do that to have what I have right now. Because without that, I wouldn't, I don't think I would have this, what I have right now. So I have peace of mind. I have a great relationship. Um, I'm doing great in business. My messaging is, is good. Uh, so, man, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I actually believe that one of our basic needs that we need in life is adversity. Mm-hmm. I think we have to have the, have to have something fight against us and, and, you know, try to overtake us. Because yeah. otherwise, we're just going to become weaker and weaker. <clears throat> yep. So, um, man, <laughs> I haven't disclosed this on another podcast, but I'm fighting adversity right now. Uh, I was diagnosed this year with a disease called polymyalgia rheumatica. So every day I'm in excruciating pain. My my uh, it, so bones, joints, muscles, and some days it's debilitating where I can't move. It take me 15 minutes to get dressed in the morning. Uh, there's no cure for it. There's only treatment. Uh, but I'm seeing also alternative med- medicine docs. My point being is the adversity thing. Um, it, to live is to suffer and to uh, survive is to find meaning in the suffering. So that's a Nietzsche quote, you know, but I'm really living day by day by that quote. Uh, so I'm trying to find meaning in this suffering, this this new level of adversity because it's slowing me down. And And, and people who know me, and know that I have this thing, ask, what is the hardest part? The hardest part isn't suffering through the pain and uh, the lack of mobility. It's my lack of enthusiasm and motivation. So that's being sucked for me. And I've got like tons of that, you know, I ooze uh, uh, attitude and um, enthusiasm, but I'm being robbed of that by this crap that I have. So 
to that point adversity yes i agree 100 <laughs> percent pat i'm i'm so sorry to hear that brother yeah i'm not looking for a pit once again put it into perspective a lot of people have it way worse than i do you know um and i'm optimistic about it i mean it's been since may and it, it sucks real bad but i know people have it way freaking worse and i don't you know just disclose it to a lot of people only in if it comes up in conversation like this or you know if if somebody's got a, a minor problem and i and i look at it and i go bro let me share what i what i'm dealing with because the pain is nauseating you know it's it's not it feels like a it, it, like i'm septic it feels like i've been poisoned um and and the treatment keeps my mobility going but the adversity thing so i still post workouts online what what the audience doesn't know is that i have this stuff they also don't see that it takes me about an hour to get warmed up they don't see that so they have no idea but the thing is i i am I have an obligation to do this because I have this audience who responds. They go, Oh man, thank you so much for posting this power day workout. Now I have an idea where now I can get my ass off the couch and get moving. So, um, I really appreciate that. I have a positive audience. Um, I'm drawing the, the right people and I could see that by their messaging, you know, by their responses. Um, there's not a lot of douchebaggery on, on any of my uh, feeds as far as comments go. So that's affirmation that I'm doing the right thing. So uh, every once in a while, I'll say, like last Monday was a real hard day because it's I have really bad days and some are good. Yesterday was a good day. Today wasn't horrible. Like I tell my wife now, she goes, how do you feel today? I go, bad, which is great because I don't feel horrible. <laughs> it feels so great just to feel bad. <laughs> um, but so Monday... I was, I did not, I was not going to work out, but, but I have a process and I trust in the process and the process says, show up number one, show up. So I show up to my gym, which is in my driveway and I start the process, but, uh, and then I realize I have an obligation. I need to film something outrageous so I can get my audience, get their, get their blood pumping. Um, but on Mondays I had, a, I had, I ended up having a great workout, but i I'm thinking about the notes and um, on Monday, my first sentence was thank you, IG followers for uh, keeping me accountable because I, because I mean it because they keep me accountable. A lot of guys will say they'll, they'll ask me, bro, what keeps you fired up? And I'll respond by saying, well, you do. If I'm firing you up, then you're firing me up. It's give and take, man. You know, steel sharpens steel, iron sharpens iron, steel sharpens steel, whatever that saying is. Uh, so, I appreciate that I've had that I've got this audience because right now they are keeping me accountable. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Well, we're so grateful. I mean, you've you've motivated me uh, to the nth degree, and uh, both Tom and I we work with the the young men from from our church. And I've got them doing workouts that that we've learned from uh, combat strength training. Nice, and it, it's awesome. So you've supported us and and hundreds of thousands of people for so long. What can we do to support you? Where can we follow you? Where can we get uh, your stuff? Um, almost every you could find almost everything 
that I am doing through just TMAX Inc, T-M-A-C-S-I-N-C. That's my website. That's my IG. And then I have a, uh, a YouTube channel. It's fun, you know, because I have my vlogs on there and stuff. I do vlogs with uh, CJ Ortiz, my my buddy and my business partner. Um, and the YouTube channel is Pat Mac YouTube channel. And that's a lot of fun. Good, clean content. Nothing creepy because uh, there's enough of that on the interwebs, as we know. So I want it to, main, to maintain this real positive messaging because we need more of that. And then also right there, University of Badassery. <laughs> That's my collab with uh, the Metal Motivator, CJ Ortiz. So. And, and you've got some, some courses too. I was looking on your website and you know, they sell out quick. Yeah, I put my 2022 schedule up in August and it sold out in two weeks. And I've really cut back on the number of courses next year only because I don't know what my, how my health is going to be. So. Uh, I, I, I dialed it back and I'll take on more private stuff because those are emerging more and more the private, uh, like family, uh, range time or, you know, just one man security detail type of stuff. So I'm, I'm able to take on more of that. And people can, regular people can, can join the squad, right? And, and oh yeah. Yeah. So the squad is amazing. So the, uh, the Pat Matt keep the blaze live coaching squad on Patreon. Uh, it's amazing. It's, 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 it's taken on a life of its own. CJ and I had, we couldn't forecast this. There's no way we could have forecasted what was going to happen, but we have, um, squad members helping out squad members more than CJ and I are helping them. You know, it's, 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 it's absolutely brilliant what has happened with that. So, yeah, it's a good thing. So I, I have that tonight as well. I, I talked to uh, the squad for two hours tonight. So there's a weekly live and there's a, uh, uh, every two weeks we do a zoom tons of information on there. Lots of instructional videos and, uh, all of the, uh, the basic dude stuff in depth instead of just a, a six second snippet. <laughs> And that's going to be awesome. And yeah, I, I really appreciate you taking all this time. I have a six-year-old daughter and she got into bird watching nice. because of you. Uh, I got chickens because of you. All I, right. oh, point of interest, we had a Jervalkin uh, on our porch the other day. And that was- Where, 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 are, you, where are you located? Washington State, Western oh, Washington. Man, right. I was going to say, whew, that's one people ask me all the time. What's the one- bird that you'd like to see i said well i haven't seen a jerry falcon yet <laughs> i would love to see that and well next time uh, you come up this way you know we'll yep. we'll climb out rainier together or something right i've been i've done that too oh yep. dude man that is yeah. awesome that's a great climb yeah 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 it was yeah very memorable loved it yeah the bird watching is a never-ending hobby and your drawing is incredible. I, oh, I've got thanks, back yeah. into drawing because of you. And, and you kind of said this at the beginning, but like, you know, not putting all your eggs in one basket in mm -hmm. terms of business, but you also diversify your hobbies. And that right. seems to be very fulfilling for you. Yep. Yeah, I am hobby heavy. And uh, uh, it's um, it, it's just good. It's just good. It's good brain food. It's good therapy. You know, whether it's the gardening, the drawing, the music, the cars, uh, you know, whatever it is, it's just really good therapy. You need that time. You know, I told my wife that tonight 
my wife, she works, she works her butt off. She works, she, she, um, mentors my kids and she's going to school to be a therapist. And tonight she came home and she said, Hey, I'm going to, uh, this, she goes to this one, uh, local VFW with her laptop and she writes, she's, she's writing a book and I said, do it to go. You deserve this time. You need, you need that creative outlet, but uh, yeah, it's important. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I can't wait to read her book when it comes out. And and you've got a couple books out too. You've yes. got Sentinel mm-hmm. and you got Taps. Yes. And then I've got the uh, Combat Strength Training ebook as well. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm working on a couple others. I'm working on a kid's book. <laughs> oh man, that's going to be great. Well, like I said, I, I've got a six-year-old daughter and, sh- and she'll love it. I know Tom's girls will too. And yeah. and I know how busy you are. So I'm going to let Tom ask one more question and we'll, we'll uh, get you going, brother. Right on. No, man, I, I appreciate it. I, w- I would just ask this one last thing. If you can give advice uh, to husbands, fathers, what's that advice? Uh, give advice to husbands and fathers. See, when you say husbands, you're talking about relationship. Yeah. Right? So when you're talking fathers, you're talking more kids. Uh, so start on that one first. I think as far as fathers go, um, I like my leadership style is lead by example because that's what my dad did. You know, my dad wasn't authoritarian. He wasn't a dictator. He just was, he always worked and he always had time for us. I mean, he was amazing. You know, he, he was working two jobs and going through continuing education when I was a kid, but he always had time for us too, always. And um, he was just a really good, leader in that he led by example. So I like to do the same thing. My kids never see me idle. They never, uh, they see me that I'm always busy, that I'm always positive. And I talked to my daughter about it, uh, the other day, she said, how are you doing? I said, today's a bad day. And I said, what the bad days do is it put me in a really bad mood, but you're not going to see it. I'm not going to allow you to see that I'm in a bad mood because I don't want that to spread to you because it's it's very easy that it that it you know it's contagious that bad mood and she she got it you know she understood that but i was basically telling her that same thing you know when you're in a bad mood you you have to be open about it tell us what it is but um but it shouldn't have an adverse effect on the rest of us as far as husbands go you know the biggest thing I think is um, one is think a little bit before you talk because you don't want to put your foot in your mouth, you know, and, and that's a big one that I learned. I learned that while I was in a rela- the bad relationship, think before I talk and the tape recorder did that for me, you know, carry that little tape recorder for years. It, it changed that changed my life because before that very little tact and I would just um, respond without thinking. So think before you talk, don't put your foot in your mouth. And then also say to yourself, let's say that, that you're having a discussion that can go south. Think to yourself, is it really worth it? Is it really worth it? I want to say this, but is it really worth it? Because this can escalate real fast. Uh, and it does in relationships, right? So um, even now there's, there's, there's a couple things that, you know, uh, uh, Rebecca would do that. I, I would disagree with, but it's not that big of a deal. 
<laughs> you know, that she didn't put my tool away where she got it from, you know, or whatever it is. It's not that big of a deal. It's I, I, I'm just going to choose to shut up and not say anything because it's, it's not, it's not, it's not worth the aggravation of it escalating because it can. So more, more received, less, less transmit, but you also have to be ready to transmit too, you know, to have a discussion, to um, enjoy each other's company. That's a big one, man. You know, being able to enjoy each other's company, share, uh, share in each other's lives, what, what's going on in each person's life. My wife and I go out several times a week. Um, I, I have a saying that every night is Saturday night, but every morning is Sunday morning. So it gets us away from the flagpole. You know, if we go out and just have a pint or two and we chit chat like schoolgirls, we're not on our phones together, you know, sitting there, uh, bored out of each other's minds. Uh, we just, we just chit chat, you know, and, uh, we do that several times a week, but I think though that's important to do too, just to kind of disconnect from all of the work stuff and, uh, sit down together and chit chat. It doesn't have to be going out. You know, if you have little kids at home, you're not going to go out a few times a week, but you could just have together time at least three or four nights a week. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. You definitely, definitely motivated me. In fact, I even backed my car into the driveway just in case you'd ask today. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, i appreciate it this has been awesome thank you so Good. much well thank you guys i appreciate being here thank you so much pat and y your whole life has been overcoming adversity and i know that you're going to overcome this and and for what it's worth we're going to be praying for you and thank we're, we're going to get it. oh absolutely we're going to get the word out so you're going to see a, a lot more uh subscriptions to combat strength training and, cool. and uh, definitely mm -hmm. want to get out to at least one course by you uh hopefully soon so they're a lot thank of fun. You. Thank you, brother. God, God bless you. And, and thank you so much. Thanks guys. Have a great rest of your night. Appreciate you too. It. Merry Christmas. Right. Boom. Thank you. Merry Christmas to you too. <laughs> Bye brother. Holiday. All right. Bam. Awesome. Hey, Pat, thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry. I wore my glasses the whole time, but <laughs> no, you, you were totally, I, can see, I can't see you guys clearly if I'm not wearing them. <laughs> Good, man. No, you're, you're totally fine. Thank you. And, and thank you for taking the time and, and thank you for all you've done for our country and, and for us individually. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. You, go get something to eat, get some rest. And so you can, yeah, work yeah. So I can get, so I get, my, so I can go to work. Thanks. And, and give our best regards to Rebecca and the kids. You know it. Yeah. Pleasure thank guys. You, that was amazing. Right on. Thanks. Thanks. Have a good one. You, you too. too. Bye brother.